Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of Tennis Volley Talk by Brian Danielson. Uh, in this particular episode, uh, I am going to be kind of talking about Grand Slam tennis and what that all kind of means, how it's kind of misused sometimes as far as what players, when they say they win a Grand Slam, uh, and uh, then also talking about uh, maybe stringing rackets. How many of you do string your own rackets uh, and stuff like that? But uh, with that too, and also racket of the day. So uh, if you uh, want to subscribe to my channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and tell me what you like in the comments, and then also you uh, podcasters, if you want to see what I'm talking about, you can also join uh, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, uh, with that. So, you know, with, with that in mind, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm kind of just with this and just kind of saying that uh, with uh, saying a tennis player won a Grand Slam, it could mean that he won one of the Grand Slam tournaments but meaning a Grand Slam tennis is winning all four major tennis tournaments in one year. And there has not been that many that have done it. Actually, there has been more women that have done it than there has been men uh, uh, doing it. Uh, actually, five altogether that have uh, done that uh, in, in the history of uh, playing tennis. One of those which winning it uh, twice uh, uh, one of the men. Uh, but, you know, with that in mind, it's it's just the fact that uh, uh, one of the ones that I have been on and winning uh, the tournaments, the Grand Slam tournaments, uh, and the most uh, tournaments that have been won have been 22, and that by Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal. Uh, they uh, surpassed uh, Roger Federer that now has retired uh, with 20, the two of them have 22 each. So coming into the clay court season in the French Open right now, uh, it really kind of dependent on who might win uh, the French Open. And either Rafa, if Rafa does play, or Novak Djokovic. Uh, both of which are very good players. Now, on to this, uh, as far as that goes with uh, who has won the Grand Slam in tennis, uh, first of all, it was American Don Budge in 1938, uh, U.S. Uh, woman, Maureen Connolly, in, back in 1953, and then uh, Rod Laver, Australia, back in 62 and 69, that he ended up winning the Grand Slam in tennis all four tournaments in one year. And Margaret uh, Smith Court of Australia in 1970, and then uh, Steffi Graf in 1988. However, she did it and called it, and really was the Golden Slam because she did it and won the gold also in the 1988 Olympics. So she ended up being kind of a little bit extra in winning the Gold Slam with ever that. Uh, with that. Uh, there's been some double teams that have won the Grand Slam too, uh, such as Frank Sedgman and uh, Ken McGregor 
1951. They ended up winning it. Uh, Marcia Bueno of Brazil played with both Daniel Hard, Darlene Hard, and Christine Truman in 1960. And then, of course, uh, Martina Navratilova and Pam Shriver uh, won it back in 1984. Uh, Martina, Na Martina Navratilova and Switzerland, uh, Switzerland player with both uh, Maragina Lucic and uh, Jana Novotnin back in 98, then also won the Grand Slam uh, in tennis uh, with that. So that, a little bit of history of who has won the Grand Slam tennis in uh, tennis uh, history uh, with that. And, uh, you know, also kind of uh, wanting to let people know that, that how it can be misconstrued uh, as far as when you say you've won a Grand Slam, well, that's one of the Grand Slams that you won either... Yeah, the U.S. Open, the French U.S. Open, or Australian French U.S. Open, Wimbledon, and then U.S. Open uh, is what's considered. And Djokovic came really close one year in 21, where he won three, got into the U.S. Open, and he lost to Daniel Medvedev. Uh, and that uh, he was unable to win uh, the Grand Slam in tennis uh, would have been an accomplishment, but he did look uh, very tired by the end of that uh, run that he had. Uh, and that's, uh, and Daniel Medvedev uh, played very well and uh, beat him uh, in, in doing that also uh, with that. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of the history of Grand Slam tennis. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, what do you, what, uh, Grand Slam tournament do you like best? You can leave in comments, uh, you uh, YouTubers, uh, and be sure and subscribe to my channel and leave comments. And uh, also, you podcasters, if you want to take a look at what I'm talking about and see, go to my YouTube channel because I will be having a racket of the day that you can actually see the racket and learn a little bit of the history and the uh, racket itself uh, as, as far as that goes. One of my many rackets that I have uh, that you can take a look at. Uh, so be sure and go to my, you podcasters can go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, uh, and uh, subscribe and leave comments too, what you would like to talk about also. Now, with that, too, I'm kind of a little curious, and if you want to leave comments on it, too, you tennis players, uh, how many of you tennis players actually string your own tennis rackets? Uh, I happen to have a stringer that my dad had purchased uh, for a Christmas present for me, and I've, been, I've had it for at least 10 years plus, uh, and I string my own uh, tennis rackets. But, however, you know, you got to pay the person who's stringing the racket and oh my gosh. So do you pay yourself to string your own rackets? Uh, and then of course uh, you got to have your friends that may come over and uh, you can string the rackets for them and, and then uh, charge them uh, some. A lot of the tennis shops and stuff, they do charge quite a bit to string the rackets for you. 
you know, and you can be reasonable. You can go with stringing a racket anywhere for 15 uh, all the way up to $25 uh, for per racket. That If you want to string a racket, uh, you can do that also. Uh, I just happen to string uh, rackets uh, myself. I uh, pay myself uh, what I would pay or what somebody pays me to string my racket. So kind of have to reinvest in that part of it with stringing your rackets too. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the aspect of it. I have a gamma racket uh, stringer myself. Uh, it's a weight, uh, weight situated where you put the weight on a bar and then you can flip it over and then that pulls the string uh, that uh, then tightens the racket string to whatever poundage you have it set at. And uh, then, you know, stringing a racket is also uh, kind of an intricate kind of a thing also with that too. For those of you who have not strung a racket or don't have a stringer, wonder kind of how it's done is, is you have main strings on a racket, the main strings going up and down. Uh, then you also have the cross strings that are going cross the main strings going up and down. So, and the cross strings, you're kind of weaving like a, like a basket in a way, or a rug weaving. You have to go from over, under, over, under, and always end up with, you start with an over, you got to end with an under at the other end of the racket, and you put it through the hole and then tighten it up, and then you do the same thing back and forth all the way down. So stringing patterns are different. Uh, some stringing patterns are uh, 16 or yeah, 16 across, uh, and then 19 or 18 down across uh, strings. Main strings are 18 cross, uh, cross strings can be 18, 19 uh, across or down. So, uh, and also kind of uh, where you have to end up being on the right side with that, you have to skip certain holes in order for it to be strung the right. So you have eight on each side. And um, usually how you end up starting it and you start uh, to string it, then you kind of pull for the short side of the racket uh, of if it's a 16, uh, so it's eight on each, eight strings, main strings on each side. So uh, you can do that and you pull that through. And what I end up doing is I just kind of pull it up and then I do it the length of the racket head and I pull eight, uh, eight. Uh, length of that in eight times. Uh, so then that's the short side of the racket. And then you do that. You try to like it, even it up though, too. So when you're stringing it, you go a certain amount of times on the short side, and then you try to catch up with the uh, longer side uh, to try to make it even. So the, the frame of the racket isn't stressed uh, that much on the frame of the racket. And then you just kind of, you do that and you then finish the main strings, which are the up and down. And then you start with the uh, cross strings and then you go, you start, like I said, if you start with an over at the very side of the one hole and then you have to end up with an under at the other end, then you put it through and then tighten it in whatever uh, poundage you want, uh, usually, Brackets nowadays, somewhere around about 50, 55. Uh, you can go if you want uh, more control. You can go 
a little uh, tighter. If you want uh, more power, then you're going to have to loosen this string where you have a little bit more bounce and a trampoline effect from the ball hitting it gives it a little bit more power instead of, uh, instead of uh, uh, control. It's a tighter, you can have a little bit more control over it too with that also. So with that in mind, uh, you can also, uh, you know, with that in mind, you can also, uh, you know, have a nice strong racket uh, with that either way you go. But usually 55 is a good in-between uh, number uh, that's good all the way around and it just kind of feels better. You can have control, you can have power with it uh, either way you go with the racket uh, also. Uh, so with that too, also, I just want to start with uh, racket of the day here. Um, and um, this racket is a very old racket. Uh, and it's an AG Spalding racket. And it's actually uh, August, uh, patent date August 29th, 1922 is when that patent date is. And with the racket here, uh, 1922, uh, a Spalding racket, H-A-W uh, uh, racket, which I would probably think that uh, that would be Jack Hawk's racket because that he used to sponsor Spalding back in the day. And H-A-W meaning maybe that's just who the first initials of his last name, Hawk. Uh, and uh, also, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, with this racket too, it was also uh, uh, strong uh, moisture, you know, uh, permanent, strong, uh, moisture proof uh, tennis string uh, is what this is. And this is the original string, probably their cow gut or cat gut with that and then with these, the little strings at the bottom. So 1929 is kind of what they made this racket with, at, out of and with. Uh, AJ Spalding Company is really actually kind of started out uh, in uh, 1876 uh, by Albert Spalding and uh, with that, but it was mainly uh, with uh, baseball at first. He was also, uh, a manager and a pitcher for the Chicago White Stockings back in the in uh, that in a, in uh, that in the day uh, that he was in uh, 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 he which he then won two hundred games as a pitcher uh, and then was able to lead the uh, Boston White Stockings to uh, four major titles, uh, you know. Uh, and A.J. Spalding and Brothers uh, were in Chicago uh, and did baseballs. And then Spalding did baseballs and was the official ball of the National League for 100 years from 1876 to 1976. And then, uh, 1870s, uh, and then American League was a ball from 1889 to 1973. Uh, and even though it was known for baseball, it expanded into other sports as tennis uh, back in the day too. Um, and uh, sold, 
the Sulcum racket, uh, tennis racket uh, in Sulcum. Uh, Slocum was a winner of the U.S. singles uh, championships back uh, in 1888 and 1889. Uh, but that racket was made in Belgium. But of course, of course, Spalding also had the U.S. manufacturer back then uh, with that. However, because of that, Spalding shipped the rackets overseas and then they were manufactured and shaped into the rackets they had overseas uh, back then. And they were, uh, uh, the frames were shipped, uh, like I said, overseas and then uh, uh, in various designs. In 1926, uh, they were top, uh, top of the line Crobat, uh, the Greenwood uh, back in 19, uh, back there and were, were then made more in the U.S. Uh, so then they then the the U.S. tennis players or tennis players back then started sponsoring uh, and going with sponsor with tennis, which happened to be uh, Bill Tilden, uh, jo uh, Bill Johnson, Jack Hawks, and Pat O'Hara. 1927 Top Flight uh, with the split throat uh, racket made its appearance. By 1929, rackets were produced in the USA, uh, the Davis Cup uh, models and Peerless and the Endura uh, were made then uh, back in the day with Spalding, uh, meaning, uh, you know, of that. So kind of a little bit of the Spalding manufacturer with that racket that I showed you. Now, also, like I said, you... Uh, you can also go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, let me know what you think uh, of and any kind of comments you might want to leave, what you might want to hear uh, later on. Uh, I'm trying, uh, you know, also with the getting into the clay court season, uh, we're starting uh, going gearing up for uh, getting into the French Open. And uh, so Monte Carlo is going on right now. Uh, and uh, just want to congratulate uh, this, this last weekend on Jobert, uh winning over uh, Belinda Bencic, uh, getting revenge against her from the year before in Charleston, South Carolina, one of the first uh, clay courts of clay court uh, tournaments, getting ready for the clay court season. Uh, so yeah, everybody, uh, like I said, you podcasters also, if you want to see what I was talking about with the uh, Spalding uh, racket that I had, uh, patent date 1929. Uh, so uh, go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and take a look at it. And then also subscribe if you want to uh, with that too. So uh, with that in mind, I just wanted to say, you know, if anybody is getting out and playing tennis, it's starting to get nice out there right now with everything. And then if you do uh, have get out there, start playing, enjoy the week of tennis and uh, have a good day. And like I said, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk and you podcasters. If you want to take a look at the racket of the day and see what I was talking about, uh, then uh, it's always nice to be able to see, uh, and also subscribe if you want to, or leave a comment or what you might want to hear me, uh, talk about, uh, later on, uh, I can try to do that also. 
So uh, later on, I'm going to try to get a little bit more of uh, some other uh, friends of mine that may come in studio and talk to me about their tennis career. Uh, might have another one, another person uh, that have, had just closed up a tennis shop that, might, uh, that I will get an interview with uh, later on and see uh, from there and see what other episodes uh, I will be coming up with. So everybody have a great week in tennis, and I thank you so much, and have a great day.